Ready? We're doing math and it's not hard. <laughs> Calculate numbers. Use a calc or use a piece of paper. I don't really care. Math is fundamental, bro. It's how you calculate your money, though. So you can buy your candy, your cookies, and your cream. I want some ice cream, Gene. You want to scoop that jump into the bowl? You better do that thing, butter pecan roll. I want the food in my mouth. That's chew. Rhythm and Pixels, let's go. I'm sorry. I stopped it. <laughs> well, hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 28-9. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm obsessed with math. And every week we get together, we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And, and um, we pick a topic, we pick some music, and we just listen to it. We get into it. It's funny to me that when... I've, I was always thinking to myself, why is Pernell getting into like a sing-songy kind of rap phase when we start the show? But I think it's when you hear the beat, when you hear the music. It really is. Yeah. And I need a good example like how that has to be it. Because, uh, so... I mean, it's no secret to people that I'm like trying to do dating profiles and stuff. And one of and my one profile says something like one weird habit of yours. And it's like, uh, I like to like, I have a bad habit of like singing songs and attribute them to food. Right. And it's usually rapping over or singing over other pre-existing songs. So a person responded with an inquiry of like the song butter by BTS. It was like, now I've got the song butter by BTS stuck in my head. Help. And I think she was expecting me to write back with ly- food-based lyrics to the song "Butter." Yeah, you would. I'm like, but I'm not listening to. Not to, not, that- not to butter, but you could have been like, "Well, this use use these lyrics to this LL Cool J song." <laughs> <laughs> like, but I thought she wanted for like the song "Butter," so I'm like, I'm not. I'm not a one-trick pony. You can't snap your fingers, and I can't just like jump. Oh, try to do some song "Butter, Butter, Butter." I got a butter something words like, and it's like, like well hey you go nothing. out with me you're gonna get that candid <laughs> <laughs> you'll get candid jams yeah you'll just, but, uh, you'll just have more candy we'll jams we'll go to a restaurant and i'll be like hey what you want to eat we're gonna get some soup <laughs> of course then oh god that would be the trip to tell her he's a pretty nice guy except he seemed to really sing about food all the time <laughs> i want to say what his deal is he sang through what a slur all of dinner they just would not stop singing in fact as he was eating he continued to sing about how much he was enjoying it <laughs> and then afterwards he sang through schindler's list and then why like, would he do that and halfway through the list halfway through the date you're like not this date's not going well I don't think she's a very nice person. How is she talking about her family like that? I don't like her very much. Can't wait to leave the state. Gonna go home and play some games. <laughs> but you gotta add something about foods like gonna eat a big old chocolate, gonna eat a big old cheesy steak. I don't know. Words. Songs. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Where it's like, I, I like to sing songs. Yeah. Usually a beat's involved. Mm. And I just have to kind of, it just has to strike me. And I'm not going to go so far to say that I should be getting a, a contract deal or some nonsense. Well, I'm well, not, well. I'm not rapping. <laughs> for now, I, <laughs> hey, have, I, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Is that Russell Simmons? <laughs> it sure is Purdue. Um, but no, like, I, I just like being ridiculous, and I like rhyming things. I've always been that way. Never could explain it. It's just a fun thing to do. It's a fun thing to do. And I hope that you at home, listening to the podcast, do it too, every time you listen to our show, because we just break out into it sometimes. It's it's fun. And I got to tell you, this episode, I found some great music that may, uh, may stir up some vocalization jams. <laughs> from given the, the topic i have a hard time believing that 
All right, so today's topic, uh, we're still in the summer of 16-bit. Oh, lordy, lordy, it is a billion degrees outside. We are still deep in this summer, but we're going to have some fun. Mm-hmm. We're going to be listening to 16-bit jams throughout this entire hot, hot season with two of your hot, hot podcast hosts. Um, and this week, we're looking at run and gun games. Run and gun. Run and... Hot, hot run and gun. Run and gun. Hot, hot, running gun. <laughs> so, okay, Pernell, describe to me a run-and-gun game. Honestly, it's pretty much one of those rare genres where the, the t- description of the, the name of the genre says it in full. It's running and shooting a gun. Um, originally attributed to games like Contra and Metal Slug, um, Russian Attack, though you're doing more stabbing than shooting in that game, but still, I'd consider it to be a running gun game. Light, uh, light platforming, right? Like not, not so sometimes, but not re- not required though. Like, yeah, not, like there's top down running guns, which I didn't think about until like within the last few years. Like there are like Pocky and Rocky, for example. Back in the day, I considered that to be, I was considered to be more of a shooter, like a top down shooter, but. It can also technically kind of be considered a running gun because you're not piloting a ship. You're a person on feet and you are shooting a gun Mm. or projectile (laughs) at waves of enemies. Thereby, you're running and gunning. Uh, But traditionally, people usually look at side-scroller and gunfire Mm. in that way. But what I will say to also clarify for folks who are just like, well, that's not true. It's clearly side-scrolling. Well... Between that's, games like Contra where, One and Contra Three, that's what I was doing. Between the, I was like Contra is running gun, Russian attack. Yeah, but that that's running gun. I'm gonna go with that but, style. But that's the thing. Like when you think about that, like the reason why you can use Contra as an example of how you're able to branch out more and say what else is running gun because Contra One had the base stages mm-hmm. where you literally were just firing from the bottom up, and then you that just was a ran bonus. left to right to just straight bonus no, stage. Those were actual stages. And then in Contra 3, you had those top-down levels that were I mean, trying to show off Mode 7 graphics oh, oh, but where those... you had to spin the guy around and fire. Okay, you're right. Those that weren't bonus stages. Those counts. were just terrible. Those were just awful. I didn't mind them, uh, but I'll admit, they paled in comparison very much so to, oh, to the, the actual the side-scrolling stages. Um, but yeah, so I went I went full side-scrolling. I, I, was, I looked at some others that could have been top-down, but... Um, I, I'll explain later on during the show why I didn't want to go with that and why I chose the ones that I did. But um, you had some. Did you have any difficulty with this? I mean, we're not doing eight bit. We're not doing. We're not going further into like the thirty two bit metal slug era. So, like, did, did you have any difficulty with this one? The goofy part is that I kind of did at first, hmm. just because I think what it boiled down to is that I didn't play as many of the running guns as there were for the 16-bit era so i had this weird like open spot where games should have been that i couldn't fill in i'm like what the heck i could have sworn there were more than this but after doing some thinking and some digging there actually were quite a few that i could have gone with and now i think about it, i could have used Shockman for this but i didn't oh shock oh, well, man yeah, yeah that would have worked um would you say Mega Man as a running gun yes yeah i think so too it, it very much is like no one but the funny thing is most people would not agree with that but I think it is. It's just we've always clarified it as a platformer, but yeah. it is technically a running gun. It's heavy, more heavy on the platforming side of things than 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 some of the other ones that we're going to talk about today. But um, uh, this is an odd episode, so we're going to start with you. What's your first game? What's your first track? 
you know, I'm going to start with my Turbo Graphics pick. Oh, good. I'll, I'll do, uh, I'm not going to do that. But hey, come on. I'm not looking forward to the first episode where I can't come up with a Turbo Graphics track <laughs> for the topic. You're gonna, you're gonna have one. I mean, because I mean, there's RPGs, puzzle games. Like, they covered everything on that system. We even did a sports episode, and you got plenty of them. Oh yeah, but you never know. Could be that one episode. I don't know, like. I don't know. Sexy. Beats. If, well, if we want to do a, a sexy Mahjong game, so you, you can only do Turbo Turbo Graphics 16. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that's where the, the buck stops there. <laughs> it's all stops but, So this track comes from the game Bloody Wolf on the Turbo Graphics 16. This is the stage four theme. And I came across four composer names. Hopefully one or all are correct. Uh, Azusa, Hara, Hiroaki, Yoshida, Tatsuya, Koichi, Kitomi, Komatsu, Shuiji, or Shuji, and Sagawa. Uh, we have different composers that I found for this track, for uh, for this game. Actually. Oh, oh! So you actually picked a track from Bloody Wolf? Too? I certainly did. Yeah, this is the this is a Data East uh, game, and there's a Data East sound team that works on this stuff. Um, so yeah, Data we'll, East. But we'll, we'll double check that. We'll get back into it. This is Stage Four from Bloody Wolf. Bloody Wolf. Welcome back. You're listening to Bloody Wolf. Are you are you doing mixing right now? No, we're good. Oh, yeah. watch out. Welcome back. Yeah, You're yeah, listening yeah. to Stage. Yeah, if the, if, the, if the sound goes down, I should give you like a hand signal, but we don't have any. I, you just I'm, listen for the sound, right? I usually do, but for some reason I had a, I had a doubt moment. I don't know how to explain it otherwise. You doubted my skills. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. <laughs> This is, like a, this is like the trust fall of Rhythm and Pixels, right? Like, <laughs> this is where it begins to end here. What happened? Well, it all started with that moment where Pernell didn't know if he was being cued to start or cued to wait for an edit. Oh, Nobody knows. Next week on the show, we <laughs> do have a guest, and it's our group coach, our couples therapist. That's what is coming on the show. <laughs> I understand. He just doesn't seem to get it, man. <laughs> so this was stage four from the game Bloody Wolf on the TurboGrafx-16 Composed by Azusa, Hara, Hiroaki, Yoshida, Tatsuya, Koichi, Kitomi, Komatsu, Shuji, and Sagawa. Alright, um, so I believe those are um, aliases for the Data East Sound Team, which is Shogo Sakai, Takafumi Miura, Yuchi Suzuki, Yusuke Takahama. Good man. See, this is where I'm d- doubting your skill. You just came in with the Data East save. Like, literally. There's no doubt, only success. Data uh, East. 
I love saying it. Again. Damn it. Mm. Damn so that's, it. One the, that's why I love the classic arcade like sounds for like a company. Oh, they had the, they had some of the, not the they didn't have the best arcade games like 100% of the time, but like very memorable. That RoboCop arcade game was not great, but like really cool. Oh yeah, like and sometimes memorable is all you really need. Mm. Um, and I feel like Bloody Wolf even kind of covers that due too because. I don't have a great deal of experience with this game because when I got into the Turbo Graphics, it was already for like you know, not so much RPG, so much as like top down or top down like, but puzzle games mm-hmm. and games like Dragon's Curse. Um, but Bloody Wolf did exist what well until the time before I even got the system. But it's interesting how Bloody Wolf worked. It was a top down sometimes game. Other times it was a side scrolling game. Other times it was a vertical game where like you had to actually scale up a physical space, like climb a fence or a building or whatever. But you did one thing for you definitely did two things in this game throughout. You run and baby gun. Pew pew pew. Lots um, of, lot, lot, you did both. <laughs> you did two things. I guess this track Mainly. is super cool. Right here. Hey. Like they try to do like a little guitar, like a little guitar wail, with a little beepy sound, and it's really clever. It's it's not a hundred percent, like it's not su- It's effective. It's not, not not the word satisfying. What's the one I'm looking for? It's not convincing, <laughs> but it's definitely <laughs> but effective. It, but once you, yeah, like once you know it, once you accept that it failed at what it was trying to do, you look at it like. Did it sound good? And the answer is, oh yes. It did. Oh yes. Oh it yeah. It sounded great. And like, I'm a big fan of this track. It was th- it was between this track and the stage one theme for Bloody Wolf for me. Um, all the other tracks were decent, but those two were by far the standouts for me. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. This, and- this this felt like a Purnell a Purnell level like rock and roll track that you're going to be into. Mm-hmm. And honestly, now I kind of want to play Bloody Wolf. It's what it does it hold up? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. But it'd be worth trying and finding out. <laughs> I am aware of this uh, soundtrack because of the Legacy Music Hour, the, uh, the, the the longest going grandpappies of the video game podcasts, the Legacy Music Hour. They they they've played a lot from this uh, the soundtrack before, and it's very cool. Um, the I was about to ask if you remember what crazy. they chose it for, or if it was just. Do you just remember that they chose the tracks, or that do you remember exactly what they chose it for? Like, was it a topic? Or? Um, it was for like I think it was for like uh, ending music and, and a few others. Um, uh, I, I can't remember why. Maybe it was like side scrolling. Oh. Maybe maybe it was running gun, something similar to that, or just something completely different. But they 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 played. They were really into the ending theme a lot, which is kind of goofy. So, um, but it's a goofy kind of game. You know, because like, 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 Contra is like serious, but like I feel like the first Contra was like campy. It was like campy serious. You know, it was like over the top, just silly explosions. Yeah, like the thing is, like running gun games is amazing. Just how much love I have for them in my childhood and growing up, and like because mainly the co-op ones. Because yeah. to me, they were the epitome, along with something like I guess like also like side-scrolling beat 'em ups. But running guns and beat 'em ups were like the epitome of like co-opy games with me. Yeah. And also that experience of like friends stealing your lives when they <laughs> yeah. ran out of theirs. Taking the power up that you wanted. Get... Yeah, like get out of here, man. It's my power up. <laughs> Gimme. I need that machine gun. Nope, it's mine now. Yeah, it was also like it was easy to easy to learn, right? Like it wasn't well not the diff- the controls usually weren't difficult. You can just pick it up and just jump right into it and start doing stuff with it. Um, generally, this is the run button. Yeah, generally got difficult, button. like probably extremely difficult later on. But it just took memorization, you know. 
um, memorization and reflexes. Reflex. All right. So and that was all it took. The reflex. Um, <laughs> all right. So my game, uh, my first track is coming from the game Rolling Thunder Part Three for the Sega Genesis. Um, now I never played this one. I played a lot of the original Rolling Thunder in the arcade, and in seeing some gameplay of this, it looks similar. You know, a lot of running for now. A lot of gunning. A lot of gunning. Although not as, uh, the action isn't as fast-paced like Contra. It's very much uh, more methodical, more hiding behind things, which is really cool. This soundtrack is, I can't believe I slept on the soundtrack for as long as we've been doing this podcast. It is so cool. I played music from Rolling Thunder 2 before, but this is fantastic. So we're going to listen to the track. It's called Bad Fairy. That's the main menu music. Um, and the composers, all I have are aliases. It is Rose and Dick Boy. Okay? That's Man, it. that's some aliases. We'll just leave it right there. That's all it's credited as in the game. We're in the credits. That's what we got. So this is the Bad Fairy uh, menu music from Rolling Thunder 3 for the Sega Genesis. Yes, you know, this is good. Yeah, this is uh, the main menu music called Bad Fairy from the game Rolling Thunder 3 for the Sega Genesis. This one is composed by a couple people with with the aliases Rose and Dick Boy. Um, I like this track a lot. (laughs) This whole soundtrack is full of jams. There's some heavy ones. There's a few heavy ones that are pretty good, but it's these kind of jazzy kind of swingy 
tracks that are just they really caught my attention. They're really fun. Um, and it's got these no, different movements to it too. Like it's it's kind of this part right here is kind of um, like James Bond 007 style. Mm. Which makes sense because I don't have the most experience with Rolling Thunder as a series even, mm. but my recollection of it is that it's a side scroller and it usually involves you like running or like left to right or right to left with a gun ducking behind like boxes and barrels and sometimes slipping into doors yeah and shooting guys that are also doing the very same thing you're doing they're ducking they're coming out of doors sometimes you're ducking behind boxes being a pain in the butt <laughs> and like you're ultimately trying to like find like maybe a hostage or maybe or just get to the other end of the stage i don't know but I remember like liking what I saw, but I've never really got to sit down and play one of them. Yeah, the it wasn't until we it wasn't until we started doing this show that I realized it was a series. I've only ever heard of the first one, and, and I think what was to me as a kid seeing this, what was interesting was the characters and the sprites were so big; they were really tall, and it had a very yeah. an, had a very anime style to it. Even on the on the NES port, like the characters are very tall, have a kind of like a thin, kind of lanky style to it. Um, and it just gave it like a really interesting movement and style to the gameplay itself. I mean, it was a little, I mean, like a lot of arcade games back then, it was a little stiff, you know, they jumped really high for no reason. Um, but it was just a cool looking game. And the soundtracks just, just got jazzier and jazzier. And the fact that it's this jazzy on the Sega Genesis makes me very happy. And the, um, the, the drums on this too are really, like they're really loud. You don't usually get these really loud, crunchy, bright sounding like hi hats and snares, and so I, I'm, I'm I can keep gushing about this track, but uh, the percussion, the bass, the bass could be a little deeper. That's sure, sure, whatever, that's fine. But the rest of this is so good, so so good. I cut you off. What was that? <laughs> no, no, you didn't cut me off. I was going. All I was about to say is this is a hundred percent a jam. Like I, I do wonder. Like I should look up when this came out to see where in the Genesis lifespan this track was composed in because that might tell a lot of the story too yeah i think it was 1994 okay so this is at this point people were pretty much like master what that system could do which explains it because this is to me at least this sounds like peak genesis composition yeah okay 1993 yeah so it's definitely later in the sega genesis like life so i mean i mean rolling this thunder sounds like something you could hear mm-hmm. when you say it sounds like something i mean that you could could here in like Sonic Three, maybe. Yes, yeah, it's got that kind of. I don't know what the. It's jazzy, but like not full on jazz. You know, it's got those kind of jazzy chords, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that swingy, that swing beat, that that you really hear in Sonic Three. You hear it in Sonic Spinball too. Um, yeah, you, you can totally hear Sonic bouncing around on some coils and like shooting down a pipe oh, yeah, to yeah. this track. But this is a this is so a like, big big soundtrack. If you're listening to this and you like it, go on to YouTube. Look up this whole OST. It's fantastic. Well, this ain't gonna be the last time we hear him on the show. It's um, thunderous. This, this ain't gonna be the last time you hear from Rose and Dick Boy. All right. So, Pernell, we are on to your second track. All right. So, my I'll go with my Genesis representative for the episode. Cool, cool. I tell you, I'm gonna do this until I till I till I can't anymore. <laughs> you said I'm gonna do this till I die, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 95 of the summer 16-bit tracks that start with Q. Um, this is the summer of 16-bit so, where Purnell dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's he puts all of his tracks in. Knock on wood, my wooden desk. So, this track comes from a, 
game that would likely have also been on a Pernell's Bargain Bin Purchases episode oh. or something if we ever did something like I, that. I, I would like that, um, except that like, you would have to pick all the tracks. <laughs> or it would be funny, because I'm sure there's a bunch of... Send me the games I, I, I can pick them too. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, because then you could actually listen to them and be like, oh, based on that game, I could choose this. Yeah, yeah. This particular game, though, is called Midnight Resistance oh. on the Sega Genesis, and the track title is called Cow, 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 and apparently, I only learned this today, it is composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto oh, yeah. and Shogo, Shogo Sakai. Welcome back. You're listening to Cow Cow Cow, spelled K A O, from the game. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting real confused there. Like, wait a minute. I think about. I knew you were going to do it, but I was like, I want to wait. I want to see. Um, from the game Midnight Resistance for the Sega Genesis, composed or arranged by Hitoshi Sakamoto and Shogo Sakai. It was originally composed for the arcade game, and the names I found for that were Azusa Hara. Tatsuya Koichi, Hitomi, Komatsu, and Hiroaki Yoshida. So, I never played. Oh, I'm gonna be rephrase that. I played it in the arcade, but I didn't play it in the arcade till I was like, to like 2016 or so. Oh it was wow! Very late in my you, life. You saw it at like a, a con? No, no. Galloping Ghost is where I first. Oh. The only place I've ever seen it in the arcade. Oh, wow. and that's when I also learned that it had an arcade release. Like, wait a minute, I played this game. Um. But the other, the previous experience I had with this was a, it was a bargain bin game my dad bought for me at a Woolworth. Um, and for those who are new to the show or haven't heard, growing up, my father hated the idea of video games. He pretty much thought they were a waste of money, but he also knew how much we loved them. So every once in a while, if we begged him enough, he'd buy one, but he would only get them out of the bargain bin. He would not pay for a new release title because he thought, again, it was a waste of money. So he bought Midnight Resistance, which... We didn't have a whole concept of pedigree for companies or anything like that, so we weren't like, oh boy, Data East. It was, what is this, like a budget contra? What is this game? But 
We played it because, again, we didn't have a lot of money, and any game is a game worth playing. And I came away really liking the game. It was pretty friggin' cool. Uh, the plot, couldn't tell you. I just know you're a guy trying to take out an organization that involves an alien or mm. something. Um, but what I do remember about this game that stands out are two things. One, the fact that uh, the way you get new guns isn't like the typical Contras and stuff where like a bubble will fly and you catch it. Instead, as you're running through a stage, certain enemies will drop keys. And as you get to the end of the stage, the keys you collect can be used to unlock like lockers of sorts oh. with various key costs. Oh, very cool. give you either new guns or like a barrier or one-up or extra bullets for your sub-guns or whatever. But then the second thing, and the reason why I picked this track and why I remember it so much since having heard it for the first time back in like 1992 or whatever, uh, is that at a certain stage in the game, after you beat a boss, you come across a TV monitor, and on the TV monitor is like this like really weird like bubbly face, look gross actually, and he's like he just pauses, he's like ha ha ha, we have your family, and it just shows like a scrolling image of all your family members hanging up on the wall by their arms. And, like, he's like, no! Like, the funny part is he only calls up to his, he's like, Dad! And everyone else is like, people. And then, like, a woman goes, help us! And that's when he cuts off and you leave, the, you go to the next stage. But on the very last stage before the final boss, the keys you usually collect for guns are used to rescue your family members. So, technically, if you don't have enough keys for that last area, you can't oh. rescue your entire family. So it's interesting to Wait get that. Like, Crap! I only have three guns. Okay. I gotta choose. It probably is not the case, but if you use the keys earlier in the game to collect the weapons, does that mean that later on you have less chances of saving your family? Oh no no no! The, the way you run through keys is uh, two ways. One, just by flat out spending them. But also, if you die, your keys like blast up, kind of like how Sonic drops his coins. Oh, okay. So you could technically lose keys that you shouldn't lose. <laughs> Meaning that you'll get to that end zone and have maybe died once too many times, and now you have like two keys, but you got to save six family members. Like, who do I choose? Uh, oh, they do at least give you a gun or whatever, but it's just kind of obvious. Like, crap, I got to choose with family members well, I love more than the others. That's a crazy, like, little morality test. Sort of not even a morality test. That's that's just like a, a horror. That's got to be it's rough. Like, so kids. Yeah, kids getting to the end of this game, being like, oh man. All right, well. Save everybody but this one guy. That's a shame. <laughs> well, the professor is the professor's technology that set it all muck <laughs> anyway. He can rot. Harry right. Miles, let's go. <laughs> but then, like, the very last stage of the game is also weird because uh, before you get to the final boss, I do remember this because of how bizarre it was. Because normally with a running gun game, you're shooting enemies and stuff as they're coming at you. But in the last stage of this game, it's like a bunch of floating faces, like monitors with the boss's face on them. Hmm. And you're just like, they're just, and they're just floating trying to crush you. And you have to shoot the screens to make them get out <laughs> of the way. And there's a, like, you gotta crawl at one point, like shooting around you to keep them from hitting you while you're in the tunnel. It's such a weird thing. Oh, and then man. one last thing worth pointing out about it, yeah. and I'll stop rambling, no, that's okay. is that, so on the Genesis, I played it, and it's a typical cross pad game, right? So I'm like, okay, this is fun, this is cool. But I didn't realize is that the arcade release was very, very different. It's the very same game, but you controlled your gun with a dial. So oh. you aimed your gun by turning a dial. Yeah. Which was pretty rough when you wanted to, like, say, go from, like, the right and switch to shooting behind you because it's not just push left now. No, now you got to turn the dial 180 <laughs> degrees to shoot behind you. 
And it got a little awkward sometimes. We get like do like quick change ups. There were a few arcade games that used um, uh, inputs like that. And I'm trying to remember if it was SNK, maybe it was Taito. Might have been Taito that had a lot, not a lot, but they had a, a configuration. No, who made who made Akari Warriors? That's a uh, good question. I almost want to say that was another Data East game. Actually, it might have been. If it's them, then this is all. Then it all fits uh, uh, together. Um, Ikari Warriors. Oh, SNK. So it's SNK. So SNK had these cabinets where the joystick can also turn left and right, and that was kind of their thing for a while on some of these games. It was on uh, Athena. You know. I'm kicking myself right now. How in the heck did I think it was Data East when Ikari Warriors characters are actually in SNK fighters? Oh, that's right. Yeah. What, what, what are they, they have like silly names too. A Clark. Rolf. And Rolf. Rolf and Clark. Ralph and Clark. Oh my gosh. I love how I said Rolf, but you know what I mean. R-A-L-F. You know, they actually, they're, they're once uh, Colonel Ralf. That's and Lieutenant Clark. So oh, one you, of them got promoted. Yeah. Well, they, got, they got titles. I mean, they they one. fought through three wars, man. I mean, so, they deserve titles. Well, one of them is the other is uh, superior, which means if you're playing two players, you have to let your friend or brother or sister know. <laughs> <laughs> you take orders from me. Go collect yeah, that item. That's but right. A, but it's, it's a dangerous territory. Are you disobeying my commands, <laughs> soldier? But you imagine like those games are top down. You can kind of like move up, down, left, and right. But you can also turn in different angles. And that's what the little turny, um, twisty knob thing did in that game. Oh, there's another one too called a Commando, um, old school, old school. Commando Mando used the dial. Yeah, it had a joystick to move and a little dial, and then you push the dial in to shoot. It was, I remember. It oh was, crap! Yeah, it was rough. It was hard enough on a controller. I can't imagine playing it with that dial. Yeah, they had it at a gas station when I was really younger um, across the street, and it was maybe I was just too young and didn't have like the, the strength to push those buttons in, or maybe it was just like really beat up. But it was it was a challenge. Oh, you were human. That game was for monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to you need to work out before you play this game. Exactly, like yeah, heck, yeah, I already have trouble pushing R three on my PlayStation controller. Oh, I'm me too. Pushing the entire dial on arcade cab. I don't don't get me started on the R three and L three buttons. Like you're not, you're not expected to move the, those sticks around while pushing those buttons in. It's gonna move around. Like there's no way. What thing what thing about is like I'm okay no with L three and R three if you gotta like push it to just like. Do a quick thing like bring up your mat, press L3. I don't like it, but I can dig it. But it's like an out-of-the-way button. Push R3 button, to, it's like, to run and or or, yes! or to crouch. I'm like, okay, I'm running, got to crouch now. And it's only I'm facing like the opposite direction. I'm like, I hate holding on that button and then holding the thumbstick to run. It's just three, it's awkward. It's I know, awkward. 3D game. But you know, we're not in a 3D world this month. And this this summer, we're, we're not in a 3D. We can't be. We're on vacation. We're on vacation. From all that madness. We're on vacation. We're on a 16-bit vacation. Um, so let's go to another place. We're going to uh, Super Turrican 2 for the Super oh, wow. Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. This one, uh, Chris Holzbeck is the composer. Uh, classic Amiga composer. Um, this is a. This is another. This one looks a lot like Midnight Resistance. It's a little bit cleaner. It's got more of a cartoony look to it, but it's very fast, very run and gunny. Um, it looks very fun. This track is called Submerged. I believe it's an underwater level. So prepare yourself appropriately for some underwater music. Underwater antics. Underwater antics. Here we go. Thank you. 
listening to the track Submerged from the game Super Turrican 2 for the Super Nintendo, composed by Chris Hillsbeck. Um, something about this song really makes me feel like it's a it's a Tears for Fears song, or maybe it's Depeche Mode. Tears for Fears! Yeah, or Depeche Mode. You know, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a ballad. You know, it's one of those songs where it's really slow. There's no drums. Sit out of touch face. <laughs> Which I'm sure I got those lyrics way wrong because I never had them right in the first. Place. Uh, I, I never. Had them right. like I just sound. assumed uh, it was probably what I what I uh, what I thought it was. Where it's uh, go down the thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like taking directions from play up from like game <laughs> FAQs or something. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. I don't know much about Turrican except uh, the soundtracks. Again, um, I like the soundtracks a lot. I like Chris Hillsbeck, and the cover art is is bonkers. Um. I don't know. The cover art and the game itself are very incongruous. They don't they don't really match up. The dude on the cover of the box has got like this this gun for an arm and he looks crazy, look almost like Galactus from X-Men. Um, but definitely not like that in the game. Yeah, it's a very smooth <laughs> very smooth running gun, a lot of platforming. You can aim the gun up and down. It's it's got some nice animation to it. Um, the music is pretty heavy on like the orchestra orchestral side, and then it's got some faster pumped up tracks. But this track, it's really taking it taking it down underwater, and it's not it, it's an yeah. underwater track without being like Mario underwater. You know what I mean? No, at the same time, I think it's interesting that before you said it, like when you just brought the track in, I immediately was like, this sounds like an underwater theme. <laughs> yeah. It really is, but it's it's moody though. I think that's what it is. It's moody. It's emotional. It's it Turk. It's Turkan got emotional. You know, it's Turkan, not Turkan. Yes, that's that's the joke I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> My phone is exploding right now. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> Turkan. It's telephone, not telephone. Can't. It, it's yeah. It's <laughs> call me on the telephone. No, just don't call me. <laughs> I mean, all right, look, if you want to go on a second date with Mr. Turrican, it's fine. You know, I'm not going to tell you no. I'm not going to, you're going to go. I know you're going to do your own thing. He's going to take you underwater. He's going to show you a nice time, but then he's going to leave, you know, and where, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be without Mr. Turrican? Waiting for someone else to bring, come by with a cache of guns like Turrican has. That's right. That's right. Wait, we're waiting for the, you're waiting for uh, Colonel Ralph. <laughs> Lieutenant Clark. <laughs> at that point, like, well, I need a military man at this point. A yeah. man can show me the world and all the firearms that I can handle. Yeah, at this point, I've but learned. only the firearms that are you know, labeled yeah. by letters and symbols. Yeah. Um, I just need. Uh, he, he took me to a nice dinner and he gave me a giant sphere that said S on it or, or R. And I thought, this is the one. This is the one. I want to be real. The giant Any, R. Anybody. Anybody who loves you enough to give you an uh, spread gun, they, they do love you. There's, there's no question. He, even about if that. You know how hard those are to come by yeah. and hold on to. Actually, that's actually, the guy in the game. That's the test, right? That that's the couples therapy test, right? You take you take two people and they're playing they're playing super contra, super C, and if if they leave the spread shot for the other player, it's love. That's love at first. If sight. they say, you know what? However, you, at the same I want, time, I if they both fight for have. it. But at the same time, if they both fight for it, it's a question. You might, well, they both seem to acknowledge that it's the best gun, so <laughs> yeah. maybe that still love is just 
Oh, I can oh. use this spread shot to protect my mate. It's it's, it's love at first sight. Oh, Your poor girl is the crusher. Oh, oh, you're like, oh no no no, I wanted it for myself. I wanted it for myself so I could take care of you, babe. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking out for you, girl. You know, aliens ain't gonna kill themselves. And quite frankly, I got better aim than you. <laughs> Ooh, oh, oh, is that, what it is? Is, that is that how you really feel, Pranel? That's how I'm. That's how I know I'm sleeping on the couch. Yeah, but, but. I do believe it's kind of interesting how, like, for all these shooters that seem to have a variety of weapons, many of them have some variation on the spread shot. In most cases, not all, but most cases, the spread shot ends up coming out on top as the superior gun in the product. Well, like, the, it the, just these games are side-scrolling, right? So you're, you're, you're facing going left, going to right, and you can only shoot parallel with the ground in most cases. And, and Contra and some of these other ones, you can shoot maybe at 90, 90 degree angles and, and uh, 45 degree angles. So I, mm-hmm. I, having a weapon in the game, and, and the enemies are coming from all different directions, from all different elevations. So having a weapon in the game that can cover more angles and more more space is going to be the best thing in the game. Because you're not trying to miss anything. You're not like, oops, I accidentally shot that enemy. You want to blow up everything in this game. Like I want to say a spread shot would probably cover well it definitely covers more than 90 degrees in front of you because you got the l shape no it is per, maybe it's about that 70 to 90 percent or 70 to 90 degrees in front of you it will cover yeah which is freaking great and if you can rotate your shot and you are good at like if you hold it down at just like a constant spray and you rotate the controller you're pretty much getting a full full yeah. frontal and you know a, a, a vertical covers just by running and gunning like, i call it i no call it work i call it the sprinkler the <laughs> now you gotta do the millhouse impression like, yeah all right uh so we are on to your uh, your third track of the set this is your final track for the, for the, for the well well, for the well i gotta be honest here i genuinely believe that you were going to end up like picking something like contra 3 um so i wanted to avoid I was like, contra i was trying to avoid the contra series just because i feel like that for me that's defined the genre so i wanted to figure out like what what kind of went from there I can dig that. Yeah. And I'm also glad that you chose Super Turrican 2. Otherwise, this could have gotten awkward. Uh-oh. Because I chose Super Turrican 1. <laughs> uh, and this is stage 3-1 from that game, composed also by Chris Holsbeck.
Welcome back. You're listening to Stage 3-1 from the game Super Turrican on the Super Nintendo, composed by Chris Hulsbeck. And shocker to shocker, I have never played Super Turrican in my life. Know nothing about it, except for the fact that a game that I have gotten interested in called Gun Lord is based on Super Turrican. Oh, So, the idea of just like running, gunning, exploring environment well at least gun lord anyway you're exploring like a large environment like every stage is definitely a stage but they're not like left to right they're like environments you explore ultimately and then you eventually fight a boss and move on to the next stage um but they really do a great job of running and gunning if if gun lord is anything to go by because it gets pretty frantic and the gunplay is pretty freaking solid but what i also think is interesting is that i didn't learn about chris holzbeck until Gianna's sister's Twisted Drone, Twisted Dreams came out. So it's interesting that whenever I come across older games that he did music for, I'm like, oh, this was him. Yeah, he's got quite the pedigree under yeah, his yeah. belt. Yeah, he did some really, really good stuff. Like, he's just one of those really classic, famous composers for a reason, I think. Um, for a, for good reason, I mean. Because, like, it's just... It's just fun. It really fits the mood. This is like this is a montage. This could have fit in our montage music episode, you know. It really feels like oh, for sure. Yeah, it feels like you want to get up and moving, you know. I want to like. I can even picture it being done to like a running gun scenario, like just like cuts cuts of a guy running through various like encampments, rescuing uh, hostages, you know, getting out of precarious situations, and it cuts off at the very end when he's standing in the facing the final facility he has to break into. It's like the journey ends here. I forgot to get the heck in there. <laughs> and then I can actually see myself. <laughs> I can actually see myself running to this music, you know, actually putting it in like a running mix. It's got a really nice rhythm to it, which I really like. And my only problem with it is that it's just a little short. I feel like it gets really, really good. Like it, it just builds and builds and builds, but it doesn't. It can go one step further. Even if it just looped one more time, I'd really like that. But. Maybe we'll look out in some weird reality. In one of these parallel realities, Chris Holzbeck is listening to this very episode. <laughs> And he goes, you know, he's right. I can extend this. And then we get like freaking stage 3-1 recut. That's <laughs> 3-1 part two. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to it. I would too. All right. So uh, my last track. Um, all right. I could have gone with Bloody Wolf. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that one aside. We're going to go um, on to this next game. This is a Super Famicom only game. It was came out in Europe and Japan. It is called the Rendering Ranger R2. Um, this was developed by uh, Virgin Interactive and what else? What else was it? It was Virgin Interactive and Rainbow Arts. Uh, the director of this game worked on uh, or designed Super Turrican. Can you believe that? Or the Turrican? I cannot. Series. Same one. Um, very similar it's style. Turrican, not Turrican. <laughs> He turret he turret did all of the games. Let <laughs> me <laughs> just do that like fifteen more times. Is that the <laughs> well again? This came out in nineteen ninety. It's rhythm and pick skulls, not rhythm and picks ant. Picks ant. <laughs> um, yeah, so this came out in nineteen ninety five for the Super Famicom. It, it looks really, really, really cool. The music is by Jesper Olsen and Stefan Kramer, and the track we're gonna listen to is let's go stage seven from Rendering Rangers. R2 for the Super Famicom.
And this is uh, stage seven, right? Yeah, stage seven from Rendering Ranger R2 from the uh, for the Super Famicom, composed by Stefan Kramer and Paul Jesper Olsen. Oh, buddy, this track, man. This is some. This is some. That- this is some real stuff right here. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that you only picked this because you didn't want to pick the bloody bloody wolf track that you had also chosen. I'm glad I picked bloody wolf because this is probably my favorite track of the episode right here. This uh, is a bop. I, uh, I I texted you earlier today and I said, "Caution, warning, all of my tracks are awesome." <laughs> they were. So they're all slamming. They, well, correct. We haven't heard. I've heard your bonus running. Oh, it's so good. It's, I'm, it made me so happy we're picking this uh, this topic. But yeah, I don't know anything about this this rendering ranger business. This is the first I've heard of it. Um, but uh, I just f- wish it was a prequel to Burning Rangers. <laughs> well, it's Rendering Ranger R two. I don't think there's an R one or anything like that. Um, it's the same, uh, not the same developers, but the same director of Turrican with the very same play style, very same like speed of and, and kind of a look too. So I'm wondering if this was like an idea that's been just iterated on over and over again until they and maybe this is the ultimate version of their their idea you know maybe this is Turrican ultimate form turret he's he's turret he's not Turrican he's not turret can't he's he's turret done <laughs> he's pterodactyl. yeah only were pterodactyl um, but yeah, I'm glad you. Yeah, I, I like I like it when I know I've got a good track because you start moving around a whole bunch. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I was doing that thing that people do when they're in the club with those like dark shades on, like the robots, like, <laughs> like doing that thing. I yeah. don't know why. It just kind of felt like it was necessary. It was appropriate. Yeah. To roboticize myself for a minute. Definitely gets into the um, like the, the the mid to late '90s techno kind of scene where it's like very acid ravey. I, I, I love that style. It kind of reminds me of Robotron 64 or Robotron X, where it's like super, but that's much, much faster than this. But it's got that same vibe, which I'm super into. So now I listen to that Dar Freeze Pop song. <laughs> Thanks for that. What's the Freeze Pop song? Freeze Pop did a song about Robotron. They did. Of course, of course. You never they knew were. that? No. Oh, it's great. Wow. Robotron is Robotron. Robotron is one of my favorite games all time, hands down. That's why I'm shocked you didn't know. Yeah, it's called Robotron 2000. Look at that. Uh, everyone's in a panic. World's gonna end. I just sit here in my shelter, pass the time with my robot friend. <laughs> it's such a good song. Oh, too. that's you gotta great. listen to it. You'll love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to that later. All right, um, but no, but no, we can't do that now because we got to get into the bonus round, Pernell. Bonus round, bonus round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And this is the run and gun summer of 16-bit. Brunel, what do you find? What do you find? So I, <laughs> what? That's, that definitely sounds like he's off a 16-bit cabinet. What do you find? What do you find? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 Someone set us up the bomb. On the sides of um, my favorite was on the sides of the Jurassic Park arcade game and the uh, the House of the Dead arcade game. On the side of House of the Dead, it said, "This shooting game brings fear into the hearts of men." <laughs> <laughs> and then on, on the remember the other, and then on the side of where like that where like the little uh, like little plastic gun sit, it said, "The guns of justice." 
And uh, when we worked at Funscape back in the day, me and Max would go, <laughs> the Johns of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> you got my John. I got my Johns, and I'm ready to not put fear in my heart. <laughs> That's some mid-Atlantic slang for you folks, or more specifically, Philadelphia slang. Yeah, they, they, we got featured in some like murder mystery movie, but like people are saying, like they don't sound anything like we do out here. I don't know. Um, you say John? Yeah. Up in that John. Okay, I cut you off. Where, where, where did you go? Where did you go with the bonus round? You cut me off. I like talking about John. <laughs> um, so this is actually from Contra. I was. This was another case of like I wanted to find a cover of a very specific track from a very specific game, and I came across one which sounded pretty cool. This comes from a person who only goes by Donadobs. Like I couldn't find like his actual name or anything. He. I mean, I guess his name is Dave. Um, but. The track is called the Format X Heavy Remix, and it's from the game Contra Hard Corps. For those who know me, they know I love the OST for Contra Hard Corps. So it's no surprise I'd be chasing that down. So here's hoping you guys like it too.
Wow. Yeah, I love that track very, 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 very much. Uh, that was the Format X Heavy remix for the game Contra Horcorp done by Donadoves or Donadoves. Donadoves, I'm sticking with that. I'm confident. <laughs> done. Um, I I will admit there's a part of me that's like, maybe it feels like he didn't want to end this. He's like, I'm going to give it one more measure. <laughs> and that was the one where like, okay, you can stop here. You're done. You're done. But despite that, I love that mix something fierce. Like I listened to it a couple times, like over the last few days. Like I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I was um, I was watching a speed run of the game while we were listening to the track, and I was like, yeah, that really fits. <laughs> this is heavy. It, that, that, the entirety of this game is just bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like when you get to the harder areas of the game and everything's just coming at you. Yeah, this music is hundred percent appropriate. And it's a, it also tells you exactly why Hard Corpse Uprising sprung from Hard Corpse and not from like Contra 3 or something because Hard Corpse was like a ushering of a new style of Contra gameplay yeah. as far as like how brutal it was to be. Yeah, we were, so. t- we were talking about how uh, the running guns of the 16-bit era were sort of like the next iteration of the 8-bit era. Like we were talking over text earlier. But the I feel like it really came into its own and I feel like it really became what we wanted it to be around like in the playstation playstation 2 um oh yeah because once uh i think shatter soldier even though it chopped up a number of the elements that people liked about contra as like you didn't have like random item pickups and stuff like that i genuinely like that it did in its own right kind of like mesh up the entirety of like what you expect from contra because like they had like these hundred percent rankings where like you wanted to destroy every possible destructible thing on every stage and the levels were really hard but the intent was for you to be like, okay, you could use reflexes, but ultimately they were like, look, you're going to ultimately have to memorize all this to get it right, which is pretty much why I felt Contra was. Reflexes could get you but so far, but memorization factored in a lot. Yeah. So in Contra Satter Soldier, it was all about memorizing everything and applying the reflexes based on tells and yeah. getting just, everything that could be destroyed, destroyed. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. It's just the genre, I feel like, just got way more refined, you know? And they were just trying more things with it and trying more things to get the player engaged, like with different challenges, like you just said. Uh, but let's, we're going to go back uh, to more uh, to a different kind of challenge. We're going back to um, Contra 3, The Alien Wars. And um, I found a cover of a, my favorite track from the game. I think, it, or one of, my, one of my favorite tracks from the game. It's called the uh, It's Time for Revenge. Uh, this cover, this arrangement is called The Dystopian Future. It's uh, arranged by Danny Shock. Um, also uh, known as Manu Gerber, and the track is composed by Akihata, Masanori, Adachi, Miki Higashino, and Tapi Iwase. And um, this is a jam. I'm really, really into this track. So here we go, Dystopian Future from Contra 3, The Alien War by Danny Shock.
And we're back. That was Dystopian Future. It's time for revenge from Contra 3, The Alien Wars, composed by um, Akihata, Masanori Adachi, Miki Higashino, and Tapi Iwase, and arranged um, for uh, piano, drums, and bass by Danny Schock, also known as Manu Gerber, uh, for OC Remix. And that is my new Gerber too. Incredible. So this is the stage one music. Um, I realized uh, my favorite, one of my favorite tracks from the game was actually the uh, nesting in the sands. Um, oh yeah. That's a great oh, tune. So good. But yeah, it's just, it's kind of a jazzy kind of an interesting track already in the game. And he really just takes it and says, all right, let's just go all the way with it. <laughs> you know, let's just take it all the way into jazz territory. And it's cool. Those piano sounds were freaking sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that in a way that, it was so sick it healed me. <laughs> um, so healed you, my soul. Um, there's not much from Danny Shock, um, aside from OC Remix or anywhere else online. However, the composer Manu Gerber um, composes for film. So if you go um, check him out, Manu Gerber, I think it's just manugerber.com. We'll have links on our website, but um, it's all uh, feature films from like between 2010, 2018, which is pretty cool. So, my my brain just wants to keep hearing my new Gerber. I don't oh. know why. <laughs> my new, my new. Um, this is my new Gerber as opposed <laughs> to my old Gerber. But for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. You can find um, all the websites and band camps and SoundClouds everywhere where all, all, the, all these artists are located on the internet. You can get all this music, buy this music, and support these incredible artists. All right, thank you for joining us on episode 28-9 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is the summer of 16-bit, our look at run-and-gun games. Running and gunning, side-scrolling, top-down, on foot, pew, pewing. blowing up enemies, oh, making sprites appear, and then quickly disappear. Think about it, I don't think either of us, well, I guess Bloody Wolf comes close, but I was about to say, aside from maybe that, I don't think any of us chose, either of us chose a top-down no, I, I I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it mainly because I was I wasn't so sure on how many games were out there to choose from. And if you look online and you say, "What are some of your favorite run and gun games?" and you look at lists, you see stuff like Total Carnage, which is um, a lot Smash like Smash TV. Well, yeah, which which to me is an arena shooter. That's Robotron, right? Um, I agree. Yeah. So. Some things can kind of fit in that 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 vein, but for me, I wanted to stick to the side scrolling, jumping and sliding and, and shooting. So I concur. Like yeah. I guess I feel like Bloody Wolf was me thinking like you know this is close enough. I'm good for it. And if I really hit the wall, I would have gone to something like Pocky and Rocky or something. But I don't think about those kinds of games when I think of running gun, even though I guess they do kind of qualify. You could choose like like back in that the eight bit era. I feel like the eight bit era of games, especially on the NES, had a lot of run and gun games. You can even go up to like Bayou Billy. I think would even count, even though it had a mixture of things going on. Um, Heck, Amagon was a run and gun yeah. game. Amagon, Amagon, Amagon. Oh my god, Amagon! I saw Amagon at the oh Gap. Oh my god! <laughs> I saw Amagon, <laughs> oh my god. at the Gap, and he was with <sighs> Lieutenant Clark. And Colonel Ralph. <laughs> Colonel Ralph. Both of them? Both of them. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> OMG. 
Just the military sticking together, hanging out, forgetting about old Colonel Jim. I don't know. I couldn't even think of a guy. Like, I'm trying to think of like another fake military game character. I'm like, uh, Solid Snake? I don't know. He was espionage. He wasn't military. Uh, but, like, I, nah. I, I honestly, now I really want to play Amagon some more. It's been a long time since I picked that title up. Yeah, that's an old classic. But I have such fond memories of it. Yeah, it's hard, too. Another very difficult game. <laughs> So I guess if you're not playing for score, it's a bit easier because you don't have to worry about picking up the, um, the point icons so you're not getting into as many precarious situations because you don't care if you miss them or not. Yeah, that's what but. I love about um, like shoot 'em ups um, especially bullet hell games, is that a, a lot of times like the points and the power-ups that come down are really hard to get to. They're usually like right after you, you take out an enemy. And so... Um, you're, but then there was those weird ones where... You're rewarded for playing risky, is what I'm trying to say. But then there's those weird bullet hell games where they make all the items appear and then you stop shooting and they just gravitate to you. Yeah, again, but you have to stop shooting to get them. Yeah, or or in um, uh, the Toho series, you have to actually fly vertically up past a certain line and then you'll automatically get all the all the all the points and power ups. So again, it's all about the risk, the risky play of getting too close to enemies or just stopping shooting altogether. But um, in the running gun games, I think you're you're supposed to mash the button. Like, there's no point where you're going to stop mashing the button. You're going to hold that button Pretty down, much. and you're going to keep pressing it until your thumb hurts, and you're going to do that until the game is over. And I can't believe you finished some of these games back in the day. I never could. Oh, yeah. I never could. Our Corpse I beat, Midnight Resistance I beat, I beat Contra 3. I'm thinking about games that we named on this episode. I beat Contra 3. Um... I never played Bloody Wolf back, so that doesn't count. And I never got to play those two Super Turrican games, so you, they don't you, count. Did, did you, and you talked about, you finished Midnight Resistance? Yes, I did. Man, that looked tough. That looked really hard. It's not an easy game, that's for yeah. damn sure. I played it. It took me a number of tries to get it right, but it, it became another case of, again, memorization. You get you're to the point where you're playing levels, and things need to work out exactly as you'd expect them to, and if it goes awry, it throws you for a loop. <laughs> Especially the areas where, like, the game would scroll. And, like, the way this game worked, there was, like, areas where you had to go, like, vertically, go downwards. And rather than just have, say, like, the Contra Waterfall stage where it just goes up as you go up, the game would reveal lower areas as you got to them. Mm. So sometimes you would just start out in a crappy position where guns were about to just pop you immediately. It was like, wait, did that... No, that's not very fair at all. But it's like, that's what happens when you're crawling into a game where they reveal it after the fact that you're already in a bad position. But yeah, but I, I still played the crap out of the game. I that's super fair. You don't know, you know what's going to happen until you're already in it. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe next time I'll remember to do it when I get there. And then you don't. <laughs> but I saved my entire family, I can tell you that. Oh, man, Every little... single one of them. Okay, they were this... hanging out with me on the cliff. They're sitting with you, but then he only had four keys, and you got to pick one. Pick one of them. Couldn't come with no, you. No, I saved all of them. No, they all came with me. I don't play around when it comes to family. <laughs> we are family. I got Colonel Ralph with me. Beep, 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 beep. We are family. Do, 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 do. I got all my keys on me. <laughs> rest of my family. Uh, well, if you want to get in contact with me and Purnell or with the show, if you have a track suggestion, a topic suggestion, or if you just want to say hi, you can send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode, um, access to all of our episodes and links to all the other stuff where you can find us and all the other cool stuff that we're doing. It's all at our website. 
rhythmandpixels.com. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's uh, Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. You can see us on youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. We have a 24-7 uh, 8-bit and 16-bit radio station. So if you're done listening to this show and you want to hear just music, just random jams pieced together all day long, just go there, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. And if you want to support... And I got to say, oh, yeah? I was like, Queens actually inspired me to actually attempt to just like, maybe I'll do it in the next week or two. Record a game, save it, and then just throw it on the channel. Like, I don't know if it's going to be one where I'm talking when I play it or if it's just like me oh, playing yeah. it. But there's something cool about that. Like, you know, there's a whole channel there. Just dump the content on there. It's like, I have a computer that can play a ton of stuff mm-hmm. and record the footage. And then it's like, dump. So, Pernell, Pernell, uh, Pernell Long Plays. That would be, be really fun. My, my dream is to eventually have like Robin Pernell like playing through like classic RPGs together. Oh, that'd be fun. Like, we'll have to use like save states and stuff. So it's so it's probably it'll probably take off. But I really want to finish like the original Final Fantasy on the NES. You know, and I, I have a feeling that you're way better at it than I am, or at least you remember where things are. And so that would be a lot of fun to do. Oh, I'd be stumbled into in the first game. I actually finished that for the first time in 2015 in preparation for a Final Fantasy panel. Oh wow! So you're you're already up on it. So I mean, I mean, I guess that's six years ago, but still, you know more. Um, <laughs> I'm there. And if you want to support the show, um, you can uh, just share it with people. Let people tell people about the show. Let them know what you're listening to. Let them know that you love video game music. Um, and that's good for me. Um, you can also Paint get the logo on the side of their house. Yeah. Then you can also like, I like Robin Brunel and like crayons. <laughs> um, but you can also go to, <laughs> yeah, you go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. And there you can get t-shirts with um, our logo on it. You get t-shirts with, uh, video game music related um, jokes and actually the the sound teams the company sound teams you can get on shirts and sweaters and hoodies you can get all that there at rhythmandpixels.com slash merch you can also go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and as a member you get access to a weekly prequel episode of me and Pernell hanging out chatting and getting angry about stuff not always but lately just we we have a lot to talk about so we, we talk about that there on the prequel episode um, you get access to a monthly live streamed episode where we uh, live stream record an episode for the Patreon members. There's a lot of uh, visual jokes and gags, and we joke around with everybody in the chat. And that's just, we look forward to that every month. That's just a lot of fun to do. Um, and then we also like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels at the end of every episode. So I'd like to thank, um, actually, we have a new Patreon member I want to give a shout out to first, uh, Alf Pearson or off um, person. Thank you so much for your support of our show this month. It's a makes it's a big deal. It's a big deal to us. Um, we'd like to thank Frank. Welcome aboard. Yeah, thank you. Welcome aboard. I hope you enjoy all of the content that we've got out there and hope I hope you enjoy it. So I'd also like to thank Frankly Zappa, Mike Myers, Sean Dobbins, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, who will be guesting on the show next week a little a little preview there. Uh, Chris Weisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. Christopher Shenstrom, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Wicked Sephiroth, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version Podcast, Reinhardt Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, The VG Embassy, Ed Wilson, kicking it there in the embassy. And then again, all person. So thank you all so, so much for your continued support 
of our little podcast. It means a lot to us. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, next week, Kung Fu with Kung Fu Carlito. I'm super stoked for it. I love how you like the your first mention is like we have Carlito on the show. A little preview for you. And at the end is like here's the actual episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're, the, gonna, we're just gonna do it right now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he's um he's on Discord right now. So let's just pull him in and um we'll just we'll just start it right up. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. Also next week um, you would fall asleep so fast. Uh, the construction um will have stopped at the house. The my office will be have will, will be cleaned and Pernell, you can come back to the studio. And uh, qual- sound quality will be a little bit different, a little bit, a little bit better for the show. So I'm looking forward to that again. Having having you back here, I can I can sweat in the chair all over again, just like old time. Yeah, you know, I'd rather have um, the smell of Pernell straight from the gym than this cat right now that's about to do some unspeakable things in that box in the corner. So, uh, <laughs> poor cat, you love that cat. I do. Not so she much just... digestive system. But... No, 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 that's a problem. But she just wants to be pet loved. It's so nice. Um, anyway, thanks yeah. for listening to the show, Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good night. And remember, uh, well, I can't speak for everybody, but um, I've been losing my collective mind over a lot of general news things that have been popping up regarding world events and just general environmental things. Um, unfortunately, a lot of those issues are kind of grand scale on the level of things that which we can't personally fix on our own. However, one thing I like to acknowledge and mention is that more often than not, people like to listen to that kind of thing and think, well, it's bigger than me, so there's nothing I can do. Just let it go. But really, it is a thing where I feel like if individuals acknowledge that despite being unable to fix a problem on their own, they can do what they can do to make things better, at least feel like they're making things better. Because if millions of people did this. Yeah, obviously it's a lot of people, but still, if millions of people had that exact same outlook of I can't fix it alone, so I'm just going to do what I can do and go from there. That would be a millions of people making a difference together without realizing it. So in that regard, it's, it's better to actually do your part and do your best as an individual rather than toss your hands up in the air because you're not the whole. And even if nothing comes out of it, still better than admittedly just doing nothing. Do something anyway. I don't know. I started crushing all my darn cans and going back to Diamond State Recycling with them because, quite frankly, it just makes sense now. Like, just do your part, whatever you can. Mm -hmm.